Well, family, this is one of these episodes where I hope that I'll wake I'll, I'll wake up the people that are sleeping and enlighten those that already are in the know. And to everyone else that may disagree with the information I will be sharing, this is one of these controversial episodes that I didn't think that I would be making. And reason why I said I didn't think I would be making it is due to the fact that, um, as I told you guys before about when I got into this, it was just to, you know, publish every day. But when I fell in love with creating shows, creating these podcast shows, it allowed me to be more transparent. It forced me to be more transparent because I have people listening to me and reaching out to me. And now I have a responsibility and accountability to respect the platform even more. With that being said, let's get into this controversial show. Today's episode is entitled, What Does Loyalty and Commitment on a Job Mean to You? What does loyalty and commitment on a job mean to you? If you're new to the Impact Secret Podcast show, welcome to the family, to my existing family. Thank you for joining as always. On this podcast show, we discuss entrepreneurship, faith, marketing, and you guys know my personal favorite, personal development. I am your humble host, E.D., for all you smart and intelligent folks, that just simply means Ed. Now, pull up to the dinner table. When I tell you I got some stories to tell, (laughs) boy, do I got some stories to tell. I hope out of the the three impact secret value points I, I plan and I hope that you will achieve out of this show today is loyalty goes both ways. That's point number one. Understanding realignment in an organization. Point number two. Looking for a job while you're current, while you currently have one point number three. And then I have a bonus for you. These are questions you should be asking yourself on a quarterly basis, meaning once every three to four months, basically. uh, Well, basically once every four months, you should be asking yourself, what are my career goal expectations? What is my worth? worth what is my worth in this current job market and how is my working environment is it healthy so family it's it's so funny when i started doing research on this normally i can do research and it probably could take me about you know about a good hour it took me two, about two hours to actually put everything together for this show today because of the fact I know the impact it could have on someone's life. And as I was researching, I was realizing a lot of those memories and thoughts start coming back to me. A lot of things that happened to me through my career that And, you know, I hate saying this, so I'm not going to say I wish, but 
if I was able to find this information sooner, I would have understood that if you work for someone or you don't work for someone, you're still an entrepreneur because you are still selling your goods and services or your services to your customer. So if you work for somebody, you are selling your services to your customer, which is your employer. And if you don't work for somebody, you still selling your services and goods to your customer, which could be, you know, anyone as far as the general population. And when I started researching, the first thing that came to my mind, because again, you guys know that there's I love the NBA, I love hip hop, I love culture. And because of that, I started doing research um, and I started on, it started with LeBron James. And if you remember July 8th, 2010, I don't know where you were at, but I was glued into the TV and I was I was glued into the TV because they they, at this particular day, it became an event. It became an event that I've never seen before. And this event was called the decision. And in the decision. LeBron was sitting there with kids surrounded him. And I do believe he was in the Boys and Girls Club um, facility when this production was happening around him. And in this decision, all the way up to a certain point, they were just having general conversation until the time came for him to tell the host where he plans on going or if he's staying in Cleveland. LeBron James looked, you can tell the look in his face. Like, I'm like, oh, he's not staying in Cleveland. I can, and and, and not, I'm not psychic or anything, but I, I just said that because of the fact I was like, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to understand why was this, this setup in place? If he was going to just stay in Cleveland, he just would have stayed and not not even said anything. But when he said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Everything changed. The landscape of NBA changed, but but we can't just be individuals that just look at that. You you always have to do a histo- historical deep dive. And this actually started way before LeBron James. See, there was a player named Oscar Robertson or the big O. He wanted to get into free agency because he didn't want before he challenged the the uh, the NBA. And I think it was in 1970 where he wanted free agency. And basically what that means is it's saying, hey, After my contractual obligations are up, I want to be able to leave to go to whatever team is willing to pay me or compensate me as well as besides the monetary piece, have an opportunity to win. 
And with that change really shifted again the landscape of the NBA, because before the owners had to be able to have the right to release you to say, well, yeah, you can go play for that particular team or this team or whatnot. But going back to that, to that, to, to LeBron, you look at the aspect of the viewership when LeBron, before he gave his, his response, the views were at 10 million, 10 million people were tuned in to see where he was going. And when he got ready to give it, the views increased even more. And that's what got me. I was just like, wow. When I was looking at the numbers and looking at the there's a documentary out, which I definitely plan on watching. I think you guys, too, family, it's called The Backstory of the Decision. So hopefully they they do a deeper dive and I may just come back and do a show on that. But it's, it's, it's really important that you understand this. And I know what you're asking. E.D., where are you going with this? What what does this have to do with with why does loyalty and commitment on a job mean to you? What does that have to do with this? A great question. And I know that's why you came here. And I hope that I'm able to, de- to deliver that to you for today. You see, reason why that meant a lot of as far as the decision, because now players started really realizing the power and the control that they have. Because before it was looked upon as you were not being loyal to the organization that you were at because you decided that you because you want to go play somewhere else. And because you wanted to go play somewhere else, you were being disloyal to the franchise, the one that brought you in, that helped mold you when you came in as a rookie. And because of that, people felt that pressure to feel like, oh, I need to stay. So just imagine if you're LeBron, you had that pressure to want to stay. And because you have that 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 pressure, but being able to push that pressure back and say, no, I'm leaving, that spoke volumes. But when he did that, when he took that approach, he became the villain. He became one that he went from this good, polished image to a person of not such a good polished image because of the decision he made and plus how he articulated the decision in the in the production that he was in. But 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 doesn't this make this isn't this interesting, though? Think about what I'm about to say next. If you were to leave, you working at a company, right? The proper protocol is that you give a the standard is normally a two week notice. Now. That is normally the standard. Sometimes, you know, you give a week and it depends on what department that you're in and what you're handling and things like that. But if you weren't the if if you weren't the individual, let's say financially, the company wasn't it wasn't doing so well. So they had to make cuts. And the first thing that they cut is labor because labor is the most expensive on your profit and loss statement, in a sense, as far as labor takes up a lot of your budget. So the first thing you look to cut is resources. How can we can how can we do the same amount of work or more 
with limited resources because the organization is not making any money. And when you start, when you own a business, you understand this more because you're like, it makes sense. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Why would, if I'm not making X amount of money, I can't afford to have these employees on my team currently or working for this organization, I have to make a cut. And that's why I said you have to treat yourself at the beginning of this. I said you have to treat yourself as an entrepreneur. Because if the organization is not valuing you as an employee, you have to be ready to make the switch. Because if they decide to let you go, they don't say, hey, Tom, a majority of the time, they won't say, hey, Tom, you know what? Uh, We want to give you the heads up that because the way It's not your performance. I want to be clear, crystal clear. It's not your performance. It's because of the fact that financially we are not um, where we need to be. And unfortunately, we have to go in a different direction with the organization. So we're going to have to lay you off. Normally, you don't get a two week notice. You don't even get a one week notice. You most of the time get a one day notice, either in the morning, at lunchtime or at the end of the day. And the question begs the answer is, how can how can the expectation of me? I have to give a two week notice because you want to make sure you can have someone back fill my position as far as transfer of knowledge. But when you decide that you need to go in a different direction, it's a it's a shorter amount of uh, short amount of time to give me a notice to say, hey, you know what? Um, We want to give you a two week or a 30 day notice that we are shifting the priorities of the organization. And again, we're going in a different direction. And because we're going in a different direction. We want to just give you a heads up and give you that two week or 30 day grace period. Whatever that looks like. But normally, most of the time it's in one week. And if you were to leave and if you were to leave, if you were to, to basically mirror how they a business treats you as far as giving you that short, short notice and say, hey, you know what? I'm leaving today. I'm done or I'm not returning. You couldn't use those people as a reference. And do you know why you can use uh, that company as a reference? Because I, I, I guarantee you that if when someone called, they would say, well, they weren't professional enough to give us a heads up that they were leaving. So if they did this to us, they'll probably do it to you. Isn't do you see the dichotomy here? What is something is just not right here. See, I was I, I was reading an article by Inc. And according to Inc., they said loyalty has nothing to do with the length of employment and everything to do with actions. But see, that didn't really move me like compared to when I read that article on LinkedIn by Patrick uh, Kelly, where he was sitting down with a high middle manager and he asked the high middle manager a question. He said, 
Well, actually, they were talking, excuse me, they were having a conversation and the middle manager said, you know, I just had another employee in less than four, 14 months leave the organization. And Patrick came and he asked him a question, which a lot of times when you're in, when you're in that moment, when you're on the other side as the, the manager, you never look back and think about the question I'm about to, to, to tell you. Patrick said, what reason did you give them to stay? And how did the company show them loyalty? Oh, those are two powerful questions. Because if you unpack the question is when someone leaves an organization, the, the majority of the time, I don't have the stats on it, so don't quote me on this, but it's because of either one or two things. It's not always money. Everyone wants to jump to money. Well, it's the financial piece. You know, it's, it's you know, they're not getting paid enough or they want more money, but they don't know that maybe the role that they're in now is getting and especially if you've been with the organization, let's say a year and you came in. Let's make the math easy. Let's say you were making fifty thousand dollars a year and you've been in this role for, a you know, I mean, you're making fifty thousand dollars a year. And after a year, the market value on your position may have went up, especially uh, any additional skill sets that you've attained, whether through training or on the job uh, training or in, in any certificates, uh, certifications, because I know being a project manager, when you get the PMP, your your salary or your hourly rate should increase dramatically because that certification is held at the highest regard. But when you look at the situation of why people leave, like I said, one or two reasons, the majority is because of a manager or because of the work environment and work environment because we are, you know, a majority of companies are kind of virtual now in a sense. There's still issues there that are underlying that you, I mean, that's a whole nother show that I would have to, you know, go a deep dive into. But for now, most of the time is those two things. It's not what always everyone thinks is that it's money. Oh, they want more money. Like I said, you don't know how much you're worth until you start going out and going on interviews and finding out how much you're worth. But the response from that high level manager really was one of the things that he Patrick said it, it, it caught him off guard because what he did was he did what would you hear uh, from a from a lot of college coaches or I should say college programs or the NBA or uh, analysts say when a a a prospect that has the talent to leave college after a year and go into the NBA that, you know, he, he should probably stay two to three years and, you know, uh, we're giving him uh, a college degree. Then this whole discussion is normally around when we start talking about college athletes should get paid because the money that is made off March Madness, the money that is made off of that athlete while they're there has will never equal how much money that degree is going to be worth. Let's just let's just let's keep it all the way real. 
But the middle manager's response was he answered the question that, hey, we offered, you know, we showed our loyalty by providing the resource a paycheck and benefits and giving them the off the opportunity to grow within the organization. And see, my dad taught me something a long time ago when he said, when you ask somebody a question and you have to be smart enough to know when they are invading or evading your question. And he said, what I mean by that is if if I ask you what color is the sky and you say, well, uh, the the clouds in the sky are white and, you know, there's. That's not my that's not the question that I'm asking. And, and you you know, the, the question I'm asking is what color is the sky? Well, the sky is blue. OK, so when you start seeing people evade your questions, you have to be intelligent enough to know, OK, I see what's going on. Let them get out whatever they need to get out. I need to come back with the same question. Because they didn't answer my question. And you see that, especially um, I, I, and I started mastering in that skill uh, because I would just watch when reporters were asked questions um, to politicians and, you know, they or you know, or celebrities and they would pivot around the question and start trying to talk about something else. And a reporter would be like, yeah, mm-hmm, and nod ahead and get it out. OK, great. So let me ask you again. So what did you think? And in and, and that way, you're putting pressure back on the individual to, hey, I don't care about all of that other stuff. I need an answer to this question that I've just asked you. And so what I like what Patrick did is he came back and asked the question again. And basically he responded, you know, when the middle manager responded again, he said, really, you know, there's really no difference between your organization and another organization because most companies that if you work for, you're going to you're going to get a paycheck. And depending on that company structure, you should have benefits. And definitely, if you work hard, you have the opportunity to grow within the organization. So that makes that really doesn't uh, that doesn't help me understand the loyalty and the value that you have for that particular employee. See, family, one thing I, I, I always stress is the importance of while you're out there once, you know, once every uh, three months or excuse me, every four months. I don't know why I keep saying three months, every four months, making sure that you understand what your market value is in the market. So if you are accounting, accounting and let's take the same number, the $50,000 mark number and you go out, you start you put your resume out there and start having start creating the traction and having interviews and having conversations with people to understand what you should be getting paid because they'll tell you. They'll tell you when you go, well, uh most of the times they'll say, well, how much are you making? And you say, well, that does, has any bearing. How much is the job paying? Because a lot of times if I'm able to, if you tell me how much you're making, I could, I could lowball you or just offer you the same amount. And you don't even know if what you're walking into could be, could require you to, to have more responsibility and accountability to what you were doing. 
So while you're out there putting your resume in good times, checking out what, what you should be getting paid and also going on interviews just to just to perfect your your interviewing skill and seeing what is being asked in the industry. I used to go on interviews. I didn't even want the job. I wanted to understand the value of what I was, you know, uh, what the market was saying I was worth, as well as I wanted to understand what are the new buzzwords? What are what are organizations looking for? Because now at this point, like when I remember I went on an interview and the interviewer asked me, well, do you have any scrum background? And I was like, yeah, of course. It was like, are you certified? I was like, no. And it was like, well, yeah, we're looking for somebody that's certified. Understood. Copy that. So I went and got certified. So when I was when it was time to go for a job that I really wanted, that was that was the first thing I, w- I would talk about. So do you guys have a pro? I mean, do you, are you guys, you know, using this particular framework, which is uh, a scrum framework? And that basically is, is similar. It's under the agile, but um, umbrella. And they would say, yeah, yeah, we, we do. Uh, you know, we, we do have that. And we're actually looking for someone to come. Hey, no worries. I'm, I'm certified and I actually have on the job training, meaning we do this where I currently work at. So, family, you always want to, like I said, treat yourself as a business. You want to treat yourself as an individual that just okay. Just think about this for a minute. Let's let's just stop. Let's let me let me ask you guys a question. And we, it's just us. It's just it's just us, family. Do you think an organization, if they had an opportunity to automate or outsource? your position to save money. Do you think they would do it? So let's say again, using the accounting rep uh, position, I'm not trying to pick on your accountants. I love accountants, but let's use the accounting position. If I'm able to find a software to automate what you're doing, do you think and you, you're thinking and you're the actual owner of the organization? Do you think that I would do that versus having an employee. It's just us now, family. I mean, you know, you don't have to answer that question right now. You can just think about it. But what I'm trying to illustrate, there are organizations out there that, that really, truly value employees and not value you on a aspect of seeing you as a commodity. They really see you see you as as a partner and what they're doing. And when they see you as a partner, that's what you want. You don't want to be seen as a commodity because a commodity, as we know, if you, you know, for a woman, let's say she's used to getting her nails and everything done. And then she decides, well, hey, I'd rather take that money because times are tight and invested in something else. That's just a commodity that she was doing. It was a commodity to go get that done. It's not it's not important to her. So when you are out here looking for organizations or or you may be in a good, a great organization, always understand and understand your value. If you are a commodity or you are a person of value or, as Eric Thomas says, one of significant value in these times, family, I am seeing I've experienced it and I've seen my friends experience it of being laid off that been with organizations for years, 
been committed for years, working late nights, being on call or on a weekend, a man, their manager calling, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to check the numbers on this. Make sure that this don't fail and being committed to only find out that when it's time to make changes, to make cuts, they're laid off. And it's not, it's, it, and the majority of the time, it has nothing to do with their, their work or their commitment or loyalty. It Financially, it just makes sense. See, there was another individual named Spencer Howard as well that played in the uh, he played in the ABA as well as the NBA. And in 1971, he did the same thing as far as challenging the system, the status quo. He challenged the system to allow him to go and play in the NBA, because as you as you guys are aware, there was a rule in the NBA where you had to, I think it's do uh, four years of college before you can enter into the NBA. And see, family, when you take a stand, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to benefit off the stand that you take. Everybody has the opportunity and and everybody else may have the opportunity that you were hoping that would have been for you. But that's what is called, in a sense, making sure that you're creating a legacy. Because when you take a stand, you disrupt a lot of things that was status quo. And here at the Impact Secret Podcast Show, we're disruptors. I didn't ask to be a disruptor. I didn't go looking to be a disruptor, but I'm shining the light on things that just doesn't make sense to me and I don't understand. And I start asking questions. And when you start asking questions and then you start doing research, you're like, wait a minute, that's that's not right. So that's why I always tell you, family, when we have the entrepreneur conversations, that it's important that you work on developing or improving a skill set. Because if you don't and you get caught up in the dogma of what your job is and what you're doing at that job and your job decides to go in a different direction, what's next? You, you, you spend more time now trying to figure it out versus then versus being able to jump right into what you may have been if you working full time currently and you have a side project that you've been working on or business that you, you know, you have in place that you can jump right into that and start investing time into that. And if you want to, you know, look for another job to make sure that you can have income coming in while you're you're pumping money into your business, you don't get that that sense of frustration and depression that could kick in. Because when you get laid off or fired, it's it's not cool, especially when you know you've been given 110 percent, especially when you know that it wasn't because of work performance. It was because of financial performance of the organization. And if you are and and speaking from a business standpoint, I understand it and I didn't understand it then when the first time it happened to me, I was like, oh, they 
they just, I mean, this is just cold blooded. How are you going to do your employee like that? Like, you know, I, I, I show up every day. I work, you know, late evenings. I mean, late evenings in the mornings and I'm the first one there and the last one. How could you do this to me? But when I opened up a business, I understood it. I was like, oh, they didn't teach me this in college. They didn't teach me about a P&L statement and understanding, yeah, labor is going to be your, your biggest resource. I mean, your biggest cost. So that's why I say, family, you have to be a student of your organization. When you start seeing realignment in the organization, when you start seeing this executive leave or, you know, this VP or this, you know, manager, you need to start asking questions. And they, you may not, you probably won't get the, the truth. So once you know you're not getting the truth, like, oh, you know, one of the, f the famous ones that I've heard of, oh, he went to go spend, the, he, he left so he could spend more time with his family. Oh, really? Okay, that's cool. Does he have a business or something or what? Oh, no, he just, he just wanted to take, a, you know, a, a sabbatical and, <laughs> okay. And then two months later or three months later, you see, you know, him as a new executive at a new organization. <laughs> You're like, oh, really? So that's why you have to keep your resume up to date. You have to. And, and I understand why a lot of people are nervous to be at a position for a year or two and then leave because the the stigma that it looks like is that when you go to a new organization, the question is, is, you know, well, we don't know how we don't think you're going to stay here long. And we're looking for somebody, a long term employee, not a short term employee. And so now you got to navigate around trying to find an answer that makes sense, that buys the hiring manager in that. Oh, no, I'm not going anywhere. Or is the fearless of you were dominating where you're at and now you got to go start from ground zero and prove your worth again. And I'll be honest with you, I've done it multiple times and it is challenging to prove you having to show people what you can do. Compared to when you were in another situation where you were very comfortable because you gained their trust, you gained their understanding, and they felt comfortable with you. So you weren't being micromanaged. You were having the opportunity to really do what you came there to do was perform a service. So family, I'll I'll leave you with this, and I and I want to say this sincerely. There are a lot of amazing organizations out there. There are organizations where I've read where CEOs uh, took a pay cut to make sure that their employees in rough times will still get paid. I've seen employees that because what they seen the CEO exhibit, that they decided to to match the situation where if when things got tighter, that they decided to also take pay cuts to make sure the company is still profitable and they can push back and become successful. And I've seen a lot of organizations that have, that have been able to bounce back. And that's a valuable organization. That's an organization, you know, 
I would sign up to and, and work for because I understand that they really do have my best interests at heart. But yet it's still it's still a business. And you don't do business with your emotions, you do business based off of numbers. And strategy than tactics. So when you are going to work today or you're at work, let's say you're listening to this, you need to be continually thinking outside the box and continue to watching your environment, what is happening. And again, just reference and I, I hate referencing it all the time, but it's just facts in this pandemic, because based on what I'm seeing, numbers are going up. And what that case is, is that it's going to affect a lot of businesses. And when business become effective again, what did I say the number one? The number one cause in your organization is labor. So if you work for a great organization that really values you as an employee, awesome. Stay, make it work, but also create something on the side just in case. And if you work for an organization that doesn't value you, you should, you should be updating your resume, if not tomorrow, today. If not today, today. And putting it on the various sites and start having this, these conversations with recruiters and hiring managers. So family, I hope, like I said at the beginning of this, I, I, I really felt this was gonna be controversial because you have employees that have been extremely loyal to our organization, have been with them five, 10, 15, 20 plus years. And they may think may think what I'm saying is disrespectful. But it really isn't because I have life experience to back up. These are not theories. This, this is my life. So I understand the game and it took me it took it took me some beatings and it took me some some frustrations. It took me some lonely nights to understand the game. And there's nothing wrong with the game that's in place. It's just now because I understand the game and now and know how to play it. You must do the same. You must take this information that I'm providing you and do further uh, research and dig deeper. I'm giving you the first step. Now it's up to you to take the remaining. I am your humble host, E.D. Until next time, I'm out.